Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hi guys, welcome back to Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week's episode is sponsored by Barcast Audio. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you obviously know what Barcast Audio is, but if you're new here, we'll let you know what it's all about. So Barcast Audio are podcast-like audio lessons that cover the MBE, and very soon they'll be also covering the MEE. So it's perfect for you guys who are 1Ls and need um, you know, some help on those intro-level subjects, or if you're studying for the bar and you just want to have some free time where you don't have to necessarily watch a lecture or do practice questions, you can literally go on a walk and listen to BarCast and still get your studying in. Yes, guys, we love BarCast audio and we plan on using it this summer as we study for the bar. So get on over to BarCastAudio.com and use code LADIES, that's L-A-D-I-E-S, for 10% off your order at BarCast audio on whatever you order. In this week's episode, we have a very special, not one guest, but two guests from Lawyers Who Launch. We're going to talk all about their law school journeys, their careers, taking the bar, their friendship, and of course, networking. So let us know how you like this episode and let's dive in. Please help me welcome our guests, Haley and Amy from Lawyers Who Launch. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the podcast. We are so happy to have you guys. We're so happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. All right, Haley and Amy, we're going to dive in. First, both of you tell us a little bit about yourselves, you know, just the basics so people can get to know you a little bit before we talk about your whole law journey. I went to Wagner College on Staten Island in New York for my undergrad, and I changed my major uh, probably once a semester. (laughs) Um, It was a running joke with my friends and I, but law school was always something that I had in my mind as that's probably something I'm going to do someday. Ultimately, I graduated with a degree in economics. And I minored in English, and I found that that really helped me to gain the analytical skills that I would need for law school. So I went to New York University and graduated with a degree in applied psychology. No plans to go to law school. I thought about going for uh, a PhD. I actually started a PhD program at Rutgers and 
decided that that just wasn't the path I wanted to go down. So I started working and I worked as a legal assistant for several years. Um, and the one of the attorneys I worked for was a sole practitioner. He did a lot of things, kind of a, you know, a general um, shingle outside type of practice, but he did a lot of real estate. And I really loved doing that. So I thought, well, I could just go to law school. I'll just be a real estate attorney. Easy. No problem. And that's how, that's what took me to law school. And Amy and I met at uh, Seton Hall University in uh, New Jersey. And thankfully, we met on the very first day of law school orientation. Oh, I love that. Can you share that story? I remember vividly being in orientation in one of those huge lecture halls, terrified. I didn't know anybody. I was first-generation law school. None of my family members were lawyers. I had no idea what I was doing. And I saw this girl sitting, and she was wearing a pink sweater and pearls. And if you know Amy, that's like classic Amy attire. And just had like a friendly face. I'm like, I'm going to go sit next to her because she looks like she'll just be kind to me. <laughs> and I love it. That's how we met. Awesome. I love that. That is very similar to our first meeting story. Um, we also met for the first time law school orientation on the first yes. day in a lecture they call like you guys. So that is cute. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about after orientation and dive into law school. So you guys went to Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us about that. What was your experience like? And did you guys, were you in the same section? How is it? How is it for your friendship too? Thankfully. Codependent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Thankfully, we were in the same section. So not only did we meet on the first day of orientation, we quickly compared schedules and realized that we were going to be together for the rest of the year. And the rest of our lives, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) That beginning law school was for sure a culture shock. I know for me, I was was ill-prepared for law school. I came from an applied psychology background. So I hadn't had a final exam, like a true final, in so long I couldn't even remember. And... I know for me going into law school, I was not prepared for like the game of law school, how you have to study, how you outline cases. It that was like alarming and getting up to speed on that was was really rough. So, how did your first semester go, you know? If you want to tell us. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think we got, we got, we made it through. Yes. Yeah. It was definitely a big challenge. And I don't know about your law school because I hear, I've heard tell that other law schools don't have just one final exam and that's your whole grade. But that's how it was with us, at least the, yeah, the first yeah. year for sure. For sure. Yeah. And they were all closed book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they definitely do that to weed people out that first year. Well, I think they also do it to kind of, as I like to say, tossing the deep end. That's the best way I can describe law school to new incoming zero L's is just be prepared. Even if you are prepared, you're never really going to be prepared 
to be thrown in the deep end because it's just totally foreign water is totally different. And so, um, I totally get what you're saying. So you guys made it through your first semester. You guys are, how did it go when grades came out? Was there any like compa- comparison between the two of you guys or competition or what, what What was that like? We were both just so happy to make it to the next semester. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Amy and I, from the very beginning, have, we're very similar in, in certain ways and we're very different in other ways. And it's just like one of those friendships that really complements each other where there's never been, I've never felt competition with Amy before ever. I mean, I don't know how she felt, you know, in law school. I hope the same. It'd be awkward. Definitely the same. We would, <laughs> we would commiserate and we would cheer each other on. And I know there were definitely times throughout our first year where I felt like, do I really belong in law school? Was this the right path for me? And Thankfully, in our second year, I started to take some different courses, including our first tax course, which I know many, (laughs) many of our fellow law students hated tax because it is so different than the other law school courses. I love tax. I went on and took more tax courses. And then I broke a promise to Haley that I made on graduation day when I said, we're never going back to school. Because seven years later, I went back and I got my LLM in taxation. I knew you were going to say that. I just knew (laughs) it. And I have to share this with you guys and everybody too. She said to me, Haley, we're never going to go back to school. And I said, never say never. And she's looking at me like, you're crazy. We're sitting here right now. We're not doing this again. And then then it was like a month later, I was like, you know what? You know, I thought like maybe down the line in LLM, if I really wanted to, maybe I'll do it. And she's like, see? See? But it's it's funny because uh, I've heard many times best friends in professional graduate school uh, promise each other on graduation day, like, I promise we won't ever have to do this again to each other. And I love just knowing that you guys did that too, right? Um, so tell us a little bit more about law school. And I know you said, obviously you love tax. So, uh, Haley, what were some of your biggest struggles and biggest accomplishments while you were in law school? We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes. Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. 
As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. So interesting thing happened when we were in our 2L year. So we started in 2007. So in 2008, we were in 2L. And to orient you guys, that was when the Great Recession hit. So the housing bubble burst. Law firms were closing their doors. It was like a wild economic time. And we'll definitely circle back to this in terms of like the birth of Lawyers Who Launch, because this is like a pivotal piece of our history, because we're in the middle of 2L year. And I'm thinking, okay, I came to law school to be a real estate attorney. I got through the first year. I figured out how to do it. And now we're going. And now all of my career prospects have like poof up in smoke. What? what on earth am I going to do now? <laughs> I can't go back. I'm going to finish this. We're, yeah. we're in too deep at this point. Yeah. Amen. Yes. So one of the things that I did was luckily I started taking some health law courses because Seton Hall is a big health law university. So I didn't have, I didn't do the health law concentration, but I did take several courses and that was real, that was lucky and kind of foreshadowing for what would happen for me after graduation that I didn't know was going to happen, um, which is where I ultimately ended up professionally. Um, another, another thing that was really great in law school was taking some of those practical courses. Amy and I took together, um, I can't remember the name of the course, Amy. It was with Persuasion and Advocacy. Thank you. Okay. Reading my mind. Where you got to get up in front of the class and deliver. I remember delivering like an opening statement on a random set of facts and not where it's like appellate advocacy, where it's formal argument and it's very what you, what is very much part of litigation. But this was more the fun side of like, the personality of the courtroom. And I, I felt that like, oh, okay. I, I could get into this a little bit. Absolutely. What about you, Amy? Other than finding your love for tax, what else, how else, what were some of your biggest struggles and accomplishments in law school? I think one of my biggest accomplishments was that I obtained during this time where, you know, as Haley said, firms were liquidating and it was very difficult to find employment, <clears throat> I was able to obtain and balance holding a part-time job at a law firm as a law clerk while I finished my degree. And that gave me such great practical experience. It gave me the opportunity to work with clients. I got to meet a lot of professionals. And to this day, these are still professionals that I talk to, that I refer work to, and now they refer work to me as well. That's really cool. It goes full full circle, you know? So once you guys graduate, I know that the market is like obviously probably not recovered 
by the time you guys graduate. Yeah. So what did, what did you do? Like, did you have, um, jobs set up? Did you, yeah. were you struggling to find a job? How was it um, like in that know, time frame? Yeah. And tell us all about that. Gosh. When we sat for the bar, Kaylee, correct me if I'm wrong. Neither one of us had job offers at the time. So we just, we decided to push that out of our minds to just sit down, concentrate on the bar. And that was all we did was study for the bar. And then once, once we sat for the bar, then we turned back to trying to find a job and trying to find that first attorney position that we were now competing with attorneys that had five, 10, 15 years experience. It was very difficult. But by the end of the year that we graduated, we both had attorney positions. So the fall, winter, we both, we both had positions. So let's go back to the bar exam before we get into your careers, because I want to know, obviously, more about that. Yeah. But um, did you guys study for the bar together or separately? Just tell or, us how yeah. you study for the bar. I took the Barbary in-person class. And I took it closer to my house so that I didn't have to travel every day back up to Seton Hall. There was a course that was offered um, 20 minutes from where I was. So Haley and I separated to study for the bar. And thankfully, we both still passed. That was a big risk, separating. But um, we, would, we did the in-person classes where they showed a video. And you sat, you did the homework, you did um, the studying on your own. And two was it two of our professors, Haley, are act were the Barbary. Um, they covered topics on Barbary. Yes. So that if was nice want. to see a familiar face. <laughs> yeah, no joke. That's awesome. If you guys ever have the opportunity to see or hear Paula Francesi, Stop. of course we know. Or is that her? She's Rut Row. <laughs> yes. Of course we know her. Yes. Barbary stands right here. We love Barbary. Yeah. So yes. We love her. She taught at your school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had her. We had her um, for one classes. We had her for one one class in law school. Some people were lucky enough to have her for two or three. Fan. <laughs> she lives in my town too. Oh, She's yeah. like a local <gasps> celebrity. Mm-hmm. Of course. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So you guys separated. Meaning, okay. So. You live, I'm guessing, Amy, a little bit further away from the school, and Haley lives maybe, I guess, at closer to the school. I'm not really sure, but you guys separated yeah, exactly. in the sense that you took the in-person classes separate. separately. Mm-hmm. But did you guys talk later about it or, you know, run rules by each other or anything like that? I think we did a lot of, it wasn't even texting at that time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We definitely talked a lot um, to just kind of decompress and talk about where we were or if there was a particularly good Paula Francesi moment we had to discuss. Of course, of course. And I remember it being studying in a very like structured way that like I had my day mapped out. I had like my security blanket of Amy that I would reach out to and just It was one of those things that I felt like if I stay the course and if I just do what they tell me to do and I don't freak out, because that's so much of it, like even more than studying is the mental game 
of the bar examination. And I have chills. I just want you to know because I've been preaching this, Haley. I've literally been preaching this to Samantha, to everyone at my school. They think I'm crazy. But like, I'm genuinely like, I'm excited to study for the bar. I'm not really excited. I just say it like a lot to make myself feel that way, right? So <laughs> I love that you validate me on that. So sorry to interrupt, but it just had to no, say that. No, no, no. You know, because... The bar is hard, right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing easy about it. You can't not study for the bar exam. But you can pass the bar. But you can't freak yourself out. And if you can really keep that, like, mental calm, I can say this. Now, I'm, and I know we'll get into this a little bit, but I'm a litigator. I'm a trial attorney. That's intense. Arguing before the appellate division is intense. Yeah. The bar exam is is harder in a way because and I don't want to freak people out but like <laughs> it's like that last final push yeah. to being an attorney cuz once you reach that now you can be an attorney and you can figure it out and you'll yeah. practice where you want to practice if you don't like it you go do something else and it's all good. Mm-hmm. But it's that last hurdle but you got to get your mind right. And when you're studying, you have to take time and breaks and care of yourself. And self-care yeah. is such a buzzword now. And I hate to be like, <laughs> no, self-care, <laughs> but no, actually self-care. And I actually took the bar with one of our classmates who was nine months pregnant at the time. So I also felt like I really couldn't complain. <laughs> I would feel that way like, too. Like yeah. I, yeah. I was stressed, but I felt like there were probably other people there who were more stressed than I was. <laughs> yeah, wasn't there a lady pretty recently that she was like in labor while, um, like she started labor while she was taking the bar and she still passed? Oh, I don't. Oh, know. I heard That's about crazy. that. Mm-hmm. It's happened like the past few years. Maybe maybe not recently, but, but it yeah. all seems like the past few years is like one one long year. One long so. year. Yeah, I totally agree. So guys, before we jump to what you do now, what is your, each of your top tip for the current law student, um, you know, doesn't really necessarily matter what year they're in, just the current law student, what's your tip? I would say to keep in mind that practicing law is very different than law school. So if you love law school, that's great. Enjoy it. But if you don't love law school, that doesn't mean that you're not going to love being an attorney. Thank goodness. And kind of on that career route a little bit, one thing that's really hard, and I think you, in a way we can relate to law students now that have had to go through a pandemic and economic uncertainty, different than our economic uncertainty, but like it's all craziness. So it's really important to keep in mind that when you're in law school and even after, You don't actually have to have your entire career figured out in order to network because it's networking that's so much more important than having your career mapped out because plans change, life changes, you're presented with different opportunities, things happen to you, you make different choices. So plans are what plans are great. And if you are someone that ha- that knows exactly what you want to do, that's fabulous. But you don't have to. But what you do want to do is you want to start building that network. 
because having that strong professional network is what is going to help you navigate anything that comes your way professionally. And so much networking happens in law school. Like, even with people that you're not even sure that you ever want to see again professionally, you might. Like, if you go to a law school where you ultimately want to practice, Seton Hall is a perfect example. There are, Seton Hall is such a local law school. There are so many attorneys that go to Seton Hall and still practice in New Jersey that you're constantly running into people. The law is not that big. And New Jersey only has two law schools, Seton Hall and Rutgers. There's a good chance that the people that you'll be in practice with either went to your school or know someone who did. Very good advice. Yes. And now I want to get to your first jobs because I'm hoping that networking got you your first jobs. And is that true? Well, for me, it's a little bit different. So networking didn't really get me my first job. but. Networking has been super important in my job. So when we graduated, we're just sending resumes out like gangbusters, like crazy. So I get this interview with this boutique medical malpractice defense firm in New Jersey. And I have said this to them multiple times. I don't know why they hired me. I didn't do a clerkship. I didn't want to be a litigator. I didn't want to step foot in the courtroom. And I, even though I had taken health law, I didn't know anything about medicine. So I don't know why they hired me, but thank goodness they did because in 2000, I got hired. That was my first job out of law school. In 2019, I was elevated to partner. And then this February, our whole firm merged into a much larger firm. We've got offices in 12 states. I mean, there are more offices than attorneys in our old firm. So I'm technically not with the firm I started with, mm-hmm. but it's all the same people. It's the same yeah. work. It's, it's, yeah. it's all the Basically same. Basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though. Okay. So that's, I find it so interesting because you went into law school thinking, I'm going to do real estate, take this health law class, then end up at this medical malpractice firm, right? Is that what you said? Defense firm? Yep. You know, they take a chance on you, which is what we always say, you know, your first job, you just want someone to take a chance on you. Right. So it sounds like to me, everything happened and worked out in a really positive way. Would you agree? Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, you, you ask about networking in the summer in law school, I worked for in-house counsel for an insurance company. And we didn't really mix and mingle with other people or professionals or attorneys, but it was a big firm. And there are, were so many attorneys in that firm that then I've worked with in different capacities, sub, like subsequently. And one of the things, and I'm, I'm confident that this is not um, specific to medical malpractice, but it's a very small world. It's a very small community, especially once you start getting specific into practice areas. I know or know of probably every medical malpractice attorney in the state because there's only so many people that do this kind of work in my area. And that's really helpful to build those people up within your network because you get so many opportunities to um, 
get you get client referrals or even just ask like practice advice. Like I always call Amy with any like issues I am having, but she practices in a different area. There are things she cannot help me with, much as I don't like to admit that. So it's really important to build up your base of colleagues and people that you trust that you can go to and ask that question. Like when a pandemic hits, how are you going to navigate a virtual law firm? (laughs) Exactly. No, 100%. So Amy, what about you? What was your first job out of law school? My first official attorney job out of law school was with a small family law practice in Princeton, and it gave me a great idea of the work that was not a good fit for me, which was litigation. (laughs) I took tax courses that I enjoyed, and I took a family law course that I found really interesting, and I thought maybe I wanted to practice family law. So as Haley said, we were applying everywhere, anywhere. I had an application tracker and I sent out 500 resumes. I received one call for one interview and they hired me, (laughs) thankfully. So I had that first job. I had a great experience with the other associate that I was working with. I learned a bit about employment law, a bit about family law, and I learned that litigation is, there are people that are very well suited to litigation. And they're just not me. (laughs) So I reached out to the firm that I clerked with when I was in law school. And I asked them if we could have lunch. And we went. I explained that I really wanted to go back into a tax-focused firm. And they happened to be forming a new firm at the time. The associate attorney that I previously worked with had moved out of state. So they needed somebody. And that person was me. So I started back with the f- same firm that I worked with during law school that I recently became a named partner of. Oh, heck M-G. yeah, dude, that's awesome. And that sounds like some serious networking that you did. Absolutely. When I first looked for this position, when I was in law school, I purposely went and tried to find Seton Hall alumni, and I targeted my cover letters and my resumes to them as a fellow Seton Hall law student. And it worked out. It worked well. (laughs) And I'm so glad that it did because I've been at this firm now for um, 10 years consecutively and 12 years non-consecutively, counting law school. That's so cute. That's like you went back to like your roots. The roots, yeah, yeah, totally. So how long have you both been practicing? 12 years. 12 years. Amy's the one that's good with the numbers. (laughs) I just forgot what year it was for a moment. That's why it took me a minute. Okay, so 12 years. So in your 12 years, what have you learned about networking and what can you share with us about networking? You guys have a guide that talks about law students guide to networking, but you know, as a practicing, as practicing attorneys, uh, what have you learned about networking and you know, what are your tips for us? Networking is the backbone to my professional practice because my whole practice is based on referrals. So whether those are accountants, financial advisors, many times other attorneys who realize that this is out of their practice area, but nobody is going to refer business to you if they don't know you and they don't trust you. 
So you have to start laying the groundwork to develop professional relationships. And that could be um, having a cup of coffee, having a meeting, making a phone call, asking someone about their practice, really getting to know someone. Because if if they refer a client to you, that's their reputation on the line. If you are not good at what you do, if you're not responsive, if you're not kind, that will reflect poorly on the person that referred the client. So to kind of piggyback off of what Amy said, I think it can really be best be summed up by talking about our networking philosophy, which is really kind of the our guiding light when we talk to law students about networking and when we think about our own personal networking. And that is making connections, but not just making connections because it doesn't help to just meet a whole bunch of people. That doesn't build your network. But the key is developing those connections into relationships that are mutually beneficial. Not just what you can give me, but what I can give you as well. And these are relationships. And it's something that you can rely upon over years. But the problem is networking doesn't happen overnight. And it can be really, really intimidating. I mean, I can tell you when we were in law school, we get those networking emails, networking event, networking event, and we groan and panic because networking is can be networking can be so intimidating. And especially when you're not really sure what you want to do. It's a little bit easier when you have a very clear career path to rely upon. But when you're not sure how to present yourself, it's terrifying. So let's say you're a very shy person and, you know, someone like me who it's very hard for me to go up to somebody and like introduce myself. Um, What would you give, like, what's a tip for networking? I mean, I think, you know, being on the podcast has helped me, you know, be able to network and learn. But what can you say to the law student that's like a 1L, they're, you know, petrified. petrified. I would recommend they start by looking to who is in their network right now, because whether they realize it or not, they have people in their network. If they're in law school, that means they went to college. They have classmates, they have professors, they have coaches, they have friends from high school, they have family, they have friends. Reach out to those people and tell them what you're looking for. Because even if they're not attorneys, they might know an attorney, or maybe they know an accountant who refers a lot of work to an attorney. And they could make that connection so that it's not you introducing yourself to a stranger. It's you getting an introduction to someone else. And a lot of networking happens at formal networking events. And we've all kind of been to them. Or if you haven't been to them, you can kind of imagine what they are. You're mingling around a room. You're maybe awkwardly introducing yourself to other people. Maybe they're icebreakers. Prepare for icebreakers. Think about how you're going to talk about yourself. But networking doesn't always have to happen at big events. So if you're intimidated by a big networking reception, if the thought of walking into, now in our law school, it was like always the lobby of the law school. If you're intimidated by walking into the lobby and trying to 
meet someone in a sea of 100 people. That's fine. Don't do that. You don't have to. That's not the only way that you network. Get yourself connected with a group that strikes a chord with you. Start meeting people in smaller places and build those relationships. And then like Amy said, get introductions and start building your network out gradually. That's great advice. I love it. I'm just taking it all in, thinking about all the different ways to network. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, you said if someone doesn't necessarily want to walk into the lobby and that not necessarily all networking is done in these big, big networking events. What do you say about um, in the day and age that we are in now emailing and LinkedIn and COVID, you know, maybe co- yeah. I mean, we just, like you said earlier with this, it's a weird time. So uh, what do you think about that ability to network that way? And what do you suggest for law students using those things? One of the great features of LinkedIn is the search feature. So you could try to hone in on someone that you have connections with. Maybe they went to your undergrad and they're an attorney. Maybe they practice in the area that you want to practice in. You can reach out to connect with them and connect with a message. And in that message, you can say, hey, I see we both went to Wagner College. I'm a 2L at so at Seton Hall University School of Law I'd love to talk to you about your med mal defense practice could I do you have time for a 20 minute phone call I can tell you if that message comes into my linkedin 100% I will make time to talk to you I guess that's the fear right I think mm-hmm. a lot of students are like oh is it weird if I send a message or does it seem well, they just like, don't even know to yeah. send a message like that's such a good point that when you connect with someone on LinkedIn sending them that first initial message when you connect is a great way to catch their attention and really you know solidify who you are to that person We love LinkedIn LinkedIn is like one of the things we talk about a lot because it gives you so much bang for your, well, it's free, so no bucks, but (laughs) (laughs) it gives you so much and it's really as the professional networking site that it is, it's for professionals. People are on there in a professional way. Um, So as as law students are thinking about the summer, Get that LinkedIn up and running. Get a headshot. If you don't have a headshot, you ha- everyone has a cell phone. Put on a blazer, get yourself in some good light, and just take a, take a headshot. Make sure your LinkedIn mirrors your resume. And when you start connecting with people, sending a note is always a good idea because some people might not want might not obviously want to connect with you just based on that invitation. Some people like to curate their LinkedIn a little bit more. But maybe you aren't really sure that you want to ask the can I have a call question yet. And we recommend asking that because I would also absolutely make time. Most attorneys would. And if they can't right now, they will at some other point because we know how important networking is because we need it to survive. Just say you just are not comfortable doing it. You can't quite hit the button. Send a message and say why you're connecting. You don't have to make the ask yet. But then 
keep in contact with that person. Comment on stuff that they post. Ask good questions and start engaging with them. And then maybe build yourself up to, can we have a quick call? Because now you know that person knows who you are and you're not just searching randomly. You're a li- That might give you the confidence to really take the next step if you are a little bit shy initially. Love it. I think that's some great advice for everyone to participate in as we go into the summer. We tell everybody to get a LinkedIn, like, you know, if they're senior in a university, you should all have, you should have your LinkedIn by now. (laughs) Like if you're applying, get your LinkedIn. Like we have peers that, you know, still don't have a LinkedIn and we're like, dude, why are you having to survive? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you guys just gave us some tips on how to use LinkedIn to make our network even bigger. Yeah. Um, And now maybe some people will make their LinkedIn accounts. (laughs) Yeah. And they'll be able to know how to use LinkedIn to their advantage because, you know, you just gave us some secret sauce there with the the search bar and the message and everything like that. You even told us what to say. I love that. So um, yeah, we appreciate you guys so much. So as a last final thing, what would you say is your number one tip for the law student who's networking? What do you tell them uh, as a final last word about networking? One key to networking is following up and following through. Because remember, we're building relationships here. This isn't just, we exchange business cards. Great. You're in my network. Fabulous. You're going to send me work. No, that's not how networking works. That business card is important, but it's what you do after the business card. And following up and following through can be very basic. It can be more advanced, but as a law student, you don't have to have a big, anything huge to offer. Maybe you just see an interesting article and you send it over to someone in your network that you want to work on building that relationship and say, hey, I saw this and I thought you might find it interesting. I wanted you to see it. How great is that? That person gets something that might be valuable to them. And now you've you've started building those breadcrumbs of of a relationship. And then you can start expanding on that because one of the things that law students really struggle with when they're networking is, and I think this is why, like you said, you might be scared to ask for a phone call. You feel like you don't have anything to offer, but that's not true. As a lawyer, you might have more things to offer. You might be able to refer business, but you still have things that people can find value in and people want to build relationships with other people. And I would say to take advantage of any networking opportunities that you have this summer, whether you're working at a firm or a judicial internship, wherever you are, network with the people that are in your office, but also the other professionals that you might come in contact with, other attorneys, support staff, other professionals. As I said earlier, um, I worked in an estate planning or I still work in an estate planning firm. So we work with a lot of professionals, CPAs, financial advisors. Connect with those people. Go to events that you're invited to. 
Go out to lunch if you're invited. Sit in on client meetings. Take advantage of all of these opportunities to build your network and start laying the groundwork for a strong professional reputation. Snaps to that. Snaps for that. Both of them. That was great. I'm like just taking it all in. I know, dialing I'm like it, writing it down. All, like, yeah, okay, I, I got to do all these things. I'm like, oh gosh, I didn't follow up with, you know. I so. know. And I'm just going to ask this, you know, because maybe someone will do this. Who knows? I have gone and networked, as I like to call it. Sometimes I feel like it's like dating where you go and you have coffee or lunch or whatever with people. So I did a, a lot of that via Zoom last semester. And I've been told, just like you said, how I need to follow up. Um, I've been thinking about sending them an email telling them that I'm graduating law school and I'm getting ready to take the bar. Um, you know, is that something that you would recommend or like other than an article, like how do you follow up? Do you tell these people that, you know, that you're graduating? Is that a weird thing to do? Or what do you think about that? I don't think that would be weird. I think that would be a good topic for your follow-up, for your follow-up email. But you also want to include some kind of call to action. Ask them a question. Ask them for a piece of advice. Ask them for a piece of wisdom. People always like to be told that they're wise. Give them a, a reason and a purpose to respond to your email. Okay. Okay. Here's Great advice. One more little tip on that point. Perfect. Now, you're not going to do this with everyone because you're not going to have time for this. But let's say you check your mail tomorrow and you get a handwritten card in your mailbox. And you have some bills and you have a magazine and then you have like some other junky stuff. What are you going to open first? The handwritten note. Right. And I mean, you're going to immediately pay attention to it. Who is this? What are they sending me? So for people that you want to make an impact with, and maybe you don't have, maybe you don't have time for a lunch or you don't have time for bigger things. If you, so, if you went out to coffee with someone, send them a note saying thank you. You are going to stand out so much with a handwritten, like when was the last time you got handwritten mail from anybody? It's thrilling. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can mention something that you discussed at coffee. Maybe they gave you a piece of advice. Maybe they recommended something. Mention that in the note. It will make a huge impact. Love I it. love that. It's just a personal touch. touch. Yeah. yeah and it, it also just makes you, it makes the other person really know that. Oh, Feel they, appreciated, yeah, right? Like, okay. Just maybe like you I, said, maybe they should join my network, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the whole point, right? All right, ladies. Tell everyone where they can find you. And if they want to use your guide to network their little future away, how can they do that? So our website is lawyerswholaunch.com. And you can find our course, The Law Student's Guide to Networking, our book, by the same name, The Law Student's Guide to Networking. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Lawyers Who Launch. You can also find us on LinkedIn, um, Lawyers Who Launch, and then both of our names, Haley, H-A-L-E-Y, as opposed to the Ladies Who Law School, Haley. Very exciting to have someone else by the same name. Haley Greco, um, Amy Smith on LinkedIn. 
or you can find our podcast, The Lawyers Who Launch, and that's wherever you get podcasts. We're on all the all the major platforms. Did I forget anything, Amy? I think you covered all the places. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Wow. Can you believe it? They met on the first day of orientation just like us and they're still friends and they talk to each other every day. I love that so much. It gives me hope for us too. (laughs) I know. I, every time they were like saying, you know, oh, it was like the first day of orientation, all that stuff. I was like looking at Haley, like, oh my gosh, this is literally us. I remember right after we recorded, I went out and I was like talking to John. I was like, these girls that we just interviewed, like they're literally Haley and I, and one of them's named Haley. (laughs) So, um, we love talking to them. Also, I liked how they just validated, you know, cold emailing and like the LinkedIn tricks, like all the things that we have been saying are important. It's just sometimes nice to hear that it's actually important. Absolutely. And I asked them a question about, you know, sending handwritten notes and they validated me and told me to trust the process. So, I mean, it's just silly things like that. Sometimes we're overthinking it. And when you're in the situation or you're in the job hunt, it feels like, oh my gosh, so overwhelming and just all the things. But them on the outside in their current roles were able to, you know, put my mind at ease and I hope put you your guys' mind at ease as well. So if you're interested in learning more about networking from these women, which we absolutely recommend, you need to get on over to lawyerswholaunch.com and get the Law Student's Guide to Networking. And we have a special code just for listeners of our show. Use code LWLS for $50 off the course, you guys. Both Samantha and I took it and we thoroughly enjoyed it. We learned a lot and we highly recommend learning how to network, guys. It's a huge and crucial part of being a lawyer and being successful in this profession. And you know, how little networking you do, it's all important. You know, every connection you make, every, you know, lawyer who comes and talks to your class, you know, try to make a connection with everyone you can because you never know how it's going to work out. That person you walk up to, you know, they might be your coworker one day. So you never know. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, always make sure and follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, If you feel so obliged to fill out all the questions and tell us a little bit about yourself, then you can join the Facebook group. And we are almost at the end of season three, guys. We are taking finals this week, our first week of finals. And uh, yeah, you know, we are just trying to finish out the semester strong. We hope that you guys are finishing out the semester strong too. And uh, we love you. And we will have one more episode coming as our final send off before season four because we're not leaving you guys. Like seriously, if you thought we were like not going to come back, you're crazy. Yeah, silly. So we're going to be back season four, better than ever, new merch, the whole bit. You know us. We always like to do a shebang for a new season. So obviously check out our merch. We have merch for the bar exam, for the LSAT, all kinds, L Woods, you name it, for your kids, for your nieces, for your nephews. Actually- that's in the process. That's in the process. So but don't at me on that. It's coming. Um, but yeah, we love you guys and thank you for all the support. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.